Hello, dear friend. My name is Denise Renner, and I am so, so glad that you took this time to listen to me, to hear that we can study the Word of God together. To be strong in these last days, we're going to have to know how to get through the storm and believe God to get to the other side. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. If there's any way that we can write you or, and you can call us and we can talk to you and agree with you in prayer, that God move on your behalf, we are there for you. And if God is doing something special in your life through these lessons, through these programs, please let us know because I want to rejoice with you. Well, we're in Luke chapter 8, and we're talking about the storm that the disciples found themselves in. And the story opens in, in verse 22 of chapter 8. Now it happened on a certain day that they got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. So their lives are in danger. They don't know if they're going to make it through this storm. And they came to him, Jesus, and they awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they, and they ceased and there was a calm. Then he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, there's several things I want to talk to you about in this passage. And the one is that Jesus said, Let's cross over to the other side. He said, let's cross over to the other side. And we talked before, Jesus doesn't just throw around his words and he doesn't, that he doesn't mean. He means what he says. And Jesus taught us or tried to teach us in the word of God how valuable and important our words are. And he said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Well, if you've raised children or you're raising children, you know how important your word and your promises are to your children. If you say, I, okay, sweetheart, on Saturday, we're going to go buy you a bicycle. Well, then that child believes that on Saturday, you're going to go buy them a bicycle. They may even come to you on Friday night and say, Mom, Dad, tomorrow we're going to go to the bicycle store and you are going to buy me a bicycle. 
They may even be reminding you. They might have reminded you on Thursday. I have one granddaughter that reminds me about her birthday months before it comes. Why? Because she's expecting something from me. She is excited about her birthday. She believes in my word that I'm going to celebrate with her on her birthday. Saying what you mean and doing what you said is so very important. Because if we just say words, but we don't mean them, then why should we believe the words of God? We don't even believe our own words. Well, Jesus has made a strong statement He's not kidding. We've talked to you about this before. He said, let us go to the other side. So what's he saying to us just right now in this small sentence? He's saying that my words, I mean what I'm saying. And when you speak, you need to mean what you say. He even says in Proverbs about breaking a vow. Or he says that you, if you commit yourself, if you committed yourself, keep your word, even if it's to your own hurt. Why? Because it's so important to keep our word. And Jesus is setting a precedent here that he's going to keep his word. He absolutely believes he's going to the other side. And he told those disciples that he was going to the other side. Now, In Luke and Mark and Matthew, they all fear. They all are screaming at Jesus to wake up. They're all fearing for their life. Each one of those gospels says that they were perishing. And here's the faith question. Where was their faith? Well, then when I ask that question, I think, and where is my faith in the middle of the storm? Do I believe that he's really going to keep his word to me and that I'm really going to go to the other side? Did the disciples really believe when Jesus said that? Let's go to the other side. We don't have any record of one of them saying, hey, Peter, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He's in the boat. Everything's okay. We're going to the other side. We don't have any kind of record of that at all. All we have a record of is that they feared for their life. Evidently, they were screaming and and bailing water out of the boat and, and, and listening to the howling wind and watching the waves that bring the crashing waves and water into their boat and fearing for their life. They're not remembering what Jesus said. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 8, 25, he says, where is your faith? And I know that Jesus says that to us. Where is your faith? What are you experiencing right now that you need to be using your faith? Where is your faith? Have you put it outside for a while? Well, if we have, 
we need to pick it back up and start using our faith. To use our faith is really a decision. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said he had given to every man the measure of faith. Every man. Does that mean every man? Yeah, that means every man. Does that mean you? Yes, that means you. That means me. That he's given me the faith that I need to go through this situation. We know that the Bible says that, that our faith grows by the hearing of God's word, but the faith is there. And Jesus said to them, where is your faith? And, and then it says in uh, Mark chapter four, verse 40, it says, how is it that you have no faith? Well, what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, didn't I say we were going to the other side? Am I not in this boat with you? Do you not know who I am? And I believe, friend, God is saying that to us in our situation, whatever it is. Do you, did I not say you're going to the other side? Did I not say I would take care of you? Did I not say that everything that you're concerned about, I'm concerned about? Did I not say that? I've provided everything for you that you need through the sacrifice that I gave of my own life on the cross and paid for all your poverty, paid for all your lack, paid for all your sickness, your disease, your depression, your lack of peace. Did I not take it all on my own body for you? And that he's saying to us in our situation, if we're not using our faith, where's your faith? How is it that you have no faith? So we see that these disciples, they did not believe him. And when I read that, I think, God, do I believe you? Do I really believe that I'm going to the other side? You have to ask yourself that question when you read the word of God. Do you really believe that you're going to the other side? Do you really believe that his promises are true? Do you really believe that when Jesus says something that he means it? Evidently, the disciples did not believe that. They did not believe that when those winds came and the storm came and the howling wind came and the water came crashing into the boat, that they believed the words of Jesus. And Jesus is saying to us, when the storm comes, will you believe me? And then, oh, and I, and I want to say this, because in the storm, you know, there's usually clouds, there's wind, there's noise. And it can cover up who's in your boat. Jesus is in your boat. Jesus was in the boat of the disciples. And when these things come, if we do not intentionally seek him, we can forget who's in our boat. We can forget who's on the inside of us and only believe the storm and the waves and our boat filling up with water 
and forget who's inside of our boat, so to speak, who's inside of you, who's inside of me, and who is not leaving you, and who is not forsaking you, and no matter what comes your way, he's not leaving. Then in each one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the, the, those three, not John, but those three, the same question, the same thing Jesus said about their faith, that they, they didn't believe him. And then the same thing in each one of those Gospels, the disciples said, and that is, who can this be? They said it in Matthew. They said it in Mark. They said it in Luke. Who can this be? They did not know who he was. They, he had multiplied the, the bread. By this time, he had just raised a widow's woman who her only son had died, just raised him from the dead. He had just spoken that a centurion that uh, sent people to Jesus saying how seriously ill his servant was and Jesus was going to go healing. And the centurion said, no, I'm not worthy to come. You come under my roof. Just say the word. Jesus said the word. The servant was healed. They had just experienced that. But they didn't know who he was. We've experienced things in God. You've experienced things in God. Has he healed your body? Has he saved your marriage? Has he saved your mind? Has he given you peace before? Has he helped you out in your finances? Well, he's the same God today, yesterday, forever. And he's the same God in the storm. But, and they saw him do those miraculous things. But their question was, who can this be? Who can this be? Who can this be? Three times in each one of those gospels, they said, who can this be? They didn't know. And Jesus says in John chapter 17, it says, this is eternal life. This is in his priestly prayer. I'll just read it to you because his priestly prayer in John 17 is so amazing. And, and look at this verse. verse. It's actually verse 3 of John 17. And it says, this is eternal life. That, that they or you may know you. They may know you talking, they may know God, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life that we might know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So friend, what am I saying? It is God's will that we know him in the storm. The disciples 
they were saying, who could this be? They were saying, we don't know who this is. Who can this be? And Jesus wants us to know who he is in the storm. Who he is when you hear the bad report. Who he is when you feel symptoms in your body. Who he is when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Who he is when somebody else is mad at you or a relationship is falling apart or there's strife somewhere in your family. He wants us to know who he is. He is God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who stops the storm. He is the one who has the authority to speak into your situation. That's who's inside of you. The greater one. The greater one's inside of you. They didn't know that in that storm, they thought that storm was the greatest thing that they were facing. They didn't know that the greatest one was inside of their boat. I know that situations and storms and trials and, and problems and sickness and trials, they can have such a loud voice and they can say, this is really big. This is going to overcome you. This wave, it's going <clears> to <throat> destroy you. But there's one inside of you greater than those waves or that storm or that doubt or that confusion or the problem. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That's who's the great one. In that storm, he was the one that was the great one, not the storm. And they said, who is this? Well, in that storm, they needed to know who he was. And you know, they said something amazing in that storm when they spoke to Jesus. They shook Jesus. They had to shake him to wake him up. He's at so much peace. And they said, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? What's the answer? Of course he cares. They said, don't you care? Martha, in Luke chapter 10, verse 4, she was all worried about feeding Jesus and taking care of him. And Mary wouldn't come to the kitchen and help her. And she said to Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? How much does he care? Well, it says in Matthew chapter 6, 26, and I want to read it to you. I want to read it to you because his care is so amazing. This is Jesus talking. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable than a bird who you can see outside? Who doesn't gather food into barns? 
who doesn't worry about being fed, but yet God takes care of them? Are they more important than you? He cares about those little birds. How much more does he care about you? Oh, we need to watch ourselves, friend, and not say to God, don't you care? Of course he cares. He cares so much that all the poverty that you might, that might be coming your way or lack or a bill that you don't know how to pay, he cares so much that he took poverty on the cross and he destroyed its power. Maybe something's going on in your body. It's pain. It's, it, it's pain you don't even understand. Why am I in all this pain? But don't say, don't you care? He cared so much. He cared so much for you and me, the spotless lamb of God that had no pain in his body. For 33 years, he had no pain in his body. But on that day, on the day he was hanging on the cross, his body was completely bearing any kind of pain that we can even imagine. Pain that we cannot imagine. Struggling to breathe. Pushing himself up on those nails to breathe. His, his arms out of, completely out of joint because they're stretched on that cross. Those nails pierced through his hands and his feet. Being flogged with those cat of nine tails, with, those, with that whip that had the metal and the glass on it. And it ripped around his skin and tore his flesh. He took all that pain. Oh, friend, we can't say, don't you care? Yes, he cares. And he paid the price for your healing. And he paid the price for my healing. Yes, he cares. Did he care about the disciples in the boat? Of course he cared. He wasn't going to allow them to die on that day in the boat. He stood up from his sleep and he spoke to the storm. But he also spoke to the disciples. And I believe he's speaking to us, friend, that we need to be sure that when the storm comes, that we, we know who's inside of us. We know that the greater one is inside of us than he that's in this world. We know that the one who's inside of us is greater than all the pressure that's coming against us. We know that he cares because of what he did for us on the cross and punished sin and sickness, and disease, and hate, and anger, and jealousy, and envy. He punished it all in hell, and he took all that judgment on himself, and he rose out of there victorious over it for you and for me. Yes, he cares. And it says in First Peter Chapter 5, verse 7, it says, cast all your care. Now, why would he say cast all your care if he didn't care? That would make no sense. So he says, cast all your care, whatever care it is, on him. 
for he cares for you. In the Amplified Bible, it says, cast all your care on him, all your care, because he affectionately cares for you. He affectionately cares for you. I want to encourage you today, if you're in a storm, recognize who's on the inside of you. It's the greater one. Greater than the storm. Greater than the pressure. And he does care. He took all that would ever come against you on his own self and gave you freedom and victory through his blood. Father, I pray for my friend right now. Just close your eyes right now and pray with me. Father God, we recognize you by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that you truly are the greater one. You're greater than any pain in my body. You're greater than any fallout of any kind of relationship problems. You're greater than any doubt or pressure that's coming against me. You are greater. I recognize you right now. I take a hold of your power and your peace right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your presence in my life. I thank you that you're going to take me to the other side of this problem. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friend, I love you. Thank you for being with me today. It's been a pleasure to open the word of God to you. Isn't it wonderful? And I'll see you next time. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help! My mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.